Nikki, thank you for your time. The first question, does everyone call you Nikki or is there a gradual thing where you can become Nick or is there another name? Well, in Australia, um, I get called Wheels a lot and uh, people that know me very well call me Noodle. So, but otherwise it stays with Nikki. <laughs> okay, so for now we will remain at the Nikki level, but the second or third junket, we'll see if Noodles <laughs> happens. But anyway, thank you for taking the time. The Best Man is the new movie, but you have a lot of upcoming projects. Did you film all your stuff for The Best Man in New Mexico? We did, and it was all shot pretty much on the same location, which <clears throat> was good because we had very limited time. We sort of did, I think it was 11 or 12 days we shot out there. It's this enormous casino um, around a lake. It was actually a beautiful location. I had no idea where we were. <laughs> Me and Scout just drove from the airport three hours inland and boom, there we were. Um, we were kind of laughing about it because we lost phone service about two hours of that drive and we were like... <laughs> well <laughs> but her and I've made a couple of movies together before so it was an adventure and we got there it was good fun was this your first movie in New Mexico mm. um I think so I can't remember I did I did from dusk till dawn down there um so I'd been down there for that I'm trying to think if I'd shot down there again before probably I gotta be <laughs> I don't know maybe yeah well but I was your co-star Brendan definitely remembers because he lives in that state so he was going well that's easy to go from here to here but in your case now i know that you started out on neighbors which is just this huge show this phenomenon but you've had so much success in u.s based television and film projects at what point did you kind of realize that your focus was going to be over here because it's not the easiest thing to crack a new market like you did and you still are um thank you i you know it's I always wanted to do this. Um, ever since I was younger, I wanted to move to America. So I started traveling here and having holidays when I was 18. Oh. And I was a TV host in Australia for sports, commentating, travel shows, all sorts of things. And then Neighbours came up and I started Neighbours, um, but I'd been traveling back and forth to the States and uh, there was an opportunity to be in a movie in America that I'd met some people with a bunch of SNL crew here. And I was like, guys, you got to let me go. I got to go do this. It's where I ultimately, so I always wanted to come here. So it took from like traveling here from 18 years old till I was like 24, it trips two or three times a year, making contacts, meeting people, got myself into a movie, got over here and stayed here with my paperwork. It's, you just have to, I mean, I come from a tiny little beach town at the bottom of Australia. I mean, and then to sort of, you really have to will this in, you know, um, and work your ass off and take risks and say no to all the partying and all the fun stuff and just focus and lock in, which I did. I, you know, it's sort of disciplined in that way or was. So, you know, it, it sort of brought me over here and, and I was at a good age, you know, where the industry was thriving at that time in a different sort of way. So, yeah, I tested and worked on a lot of great projects with people and stuff and just keeping the momentum is probably the hardest thing to do over here. It's, it's, you know, sometimes you can get lucky and do a big movie overnight, but you know, there's, it's the longevity, I think, and the continuation that's, you got to stick it out because people give up quickly here. It's a tough city to live in. It's no joke. I've been here 16 years. It's tough. That movie that you booked that was SNL related, was that Hall Pass? No, um, that came a few years after of me living here. That was a movie called Hollywood and Wine. It's so funny, but like um, Chris Kattan, uh, Horatio Sands, um, Norm MacDonald, David Spade, like it was like, 
a cool gang of people. Wow. Yeah, I, did, I see everything that Norm Macdonald ever did, and I've not heard of that movie. Should I see that or? It's I? kind of a little bit cheesy and funny. It's kind of goofy and silly, but you look at the cast and you're like, what? And Kevin Fairley, Chris Fairley, his yeah. brother directed it. Um, and, you know, I knew all those guys and I was the lead in this movie and I was like, how? I had no idea what I was doing, but I kind of just, it's the funniest little movie. I don't even know where you would find it, but it kind of certainly got me in the mix with things pretty quickly and around some really talented, funny people. Um, so if you can find it, <laughs> I don't know where it is, but it's out there somewhere. <laughs> when, when you don't know where to find something, you look on Tubi and usually no, it's <laughs> but hey, back to you here. Uh, again, The Best Man is the movie that we were set up to talk about. Great cast, yourself included. But when I look at the IMDb, it says The Flood, The Wheels of Heaven, The Nana Project, 72 Hours. Is all of that true? Uh, yes, that is all happening. <laughs> That's well, all coming out. I know, when you say it like that, there's a lot of stuff coming out, isn't there? Yeah, there's a bunch of things going on. They've all been filmed. Um, and they're all going to start popping up throughout the year and early next year. Some really cool stuff. Uh, Banana Project is a comedy, um, which was so great to be a part of that. I haven't done comedy for years and I miss it so much. Um, a lot of action movies in there and, yeah, some cool stuff coming out. I've, I've had a really, really fun last two years, especially coming out of the pandemic, which, by the way, I did do a couple of things in the pandemic, but coming out and sort of keeping moving already, it's... Um, Hopefully it stays like this. I don't know. <laughs> Before I ask my last question, the reason I asked if all that's true is a lot of the times I'll ask the people, are these movies true? And they go, mm, they're just putting my name on to sell it. So, you know, you never know if you're the thing that people are using to sell the thing. And in your case, nope. what you just read out is coming out. They've been shot and they are on their way. <laughs> but the best man is, of course, the best one of those. And we will plug that to no end. And the last question before I let you go, who is the best Australian band of all time? Is it NXS? Is it ACDC? The Bee Gees? What say you? Oh, yeah, I just, I don't know. <clears throat> and as soon as you said that crowded house came to mind. Oh. Um, bands, um, damn. Uh, there was a band called Dragon. I don't know if you know Dragon. Them I don't know. I have to look them up. Please look them up. They're so old school cool I still listen to this them to this day more 80s early 90s music um I couldn't say a favorite one I, some of the music that's come out of Australia is so good you know I listen to Jimmy Barnes still living over here you know he, he actually, has a new band by the way the Barnes yeah I say I'd have to check that out but if you remember he did some of the music um on the Lost Boys soundtrack like going way back then there's like four posters thanks to my wife of the Lost Boys right here so okay. if, Huge if, Lost Boys feelings, <laughs> if you say it's good now I know yeah I love that so I mean I, I couldn't pick a favorite ACDC so badass a couple of handful of their songs I love but you know Crowded House um, I, their music's beautiful too, you know, um, Midnight Oil. I don't know if you've heard of them as well. Oh, we saw the Farewell Tour uh, last year in New York. Yeah, great band. Yeah, so you get it. Yeah, I mean, when I hear that music, I get goosebumps just talking about it. So I grew up with it. It's just really, it's an unbelievable musicians that come out of Australia and still is. Remember um, Silverchair? Oh, yeah. You know, Poor I don't Daniel. know. Yeah. Poor Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you for your time and really looking forward to whatever project is next and again congrats on the best man thank you so much love nice to meet you Outro.
<laughs> Hi, Jared. <laughs> hey, so the last time I had the pleasure of speaking with you, you were promoting Apache Junction like a year and a half ago. And that's probably like 13 films ago for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I lose count, man. I really do. I make them and then you never know when they're going to come out. And then it's kind of like, it's like, it's like getting the, the, the best Skittle in the bag. You're like, oh, my movie's coming out. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then yesterday when I was interviewing your co-star, Brendan, he goes, and yes, Scott and I also worked on this. And you go, and that's another thing. Yeah. So it's great to see that things aren't slowing down in terms of quality film and television projects. That is true. That is true. I just love working. You know, I love that environment. It's that's like my safe space. So <laughs> when I'm not working, I feel like I'm a robot. <laughs> like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> you know, but um, I love filmmaking. Before I ask you about the best band, your music career, anything happening on that end? <laughs> no, I think that was, you know, it was like my mom, you know, when I was really, really young, she was trying to like do some sort of triple threat thing. And I hated music. I hated it. I, ha I, I, I hated it. Every time my mom was like, you got to go sing at this event. I was, it was like pulling teeth to get me out, but I'm a drummer. Um, it would be, you know, I like doing music for movies, like when I did the Runaways and we had to learn all the the Runaway songs and stuff yeah. like that. Like I love that, but me on a stage, like that's like stage fright one hundred and one for me. That it's, is my worst fear. Got it. Okay, next next junket, I will not ask you about your singer songwriter <laughs> aspirations, but anyway, uh, the best Clearly. man was filmed in New Mexico. A few sources have confirmed that to me. Have you filmed in New Mexico before this? Yeah, I actually filmed a lot of movies in New Mexico. I think it's it's like the hub for all movies now. Um, I did Apache Junction was in New Mexico. The movie that Brendan and I did, Captive, was in New Mexico. And then this one was. And now I think I'm about to go do another one in New Mexico. I love New Mexico. I think it's great. I grew up in the desert. So like any desert vibe is like, you know, number one for me, for sure. I'm finding that just about every movie these days is made in New Mexico, Oklahoma, yeah. Louisiana, North mm -hmm. Carolina, Georgia. Those yeah. five states. Yeah. Once, once you figure out where to go, especially for like tax incentives, you know, I feel like people just like frolic to it. Oklahoma is another one that I, I film all the time. It's never Los Angeles. I'm never filming in L.A. ever. I mean, those days are kind of gone. Now all the towns are like, come, you know, and it, and it's really good for all these states to have um, film, you know, production come in. Cause I mean, it's also on the downside, it's probably not great with like, you know, having a bunch of random Los Angeles folks in, in their, in their state, but it's really good to like, you know, uh, for their, for, you know, for their state, I feel. Right. Well, best man, great cast. It's people from all walks of life. Like I never thought I'd see Nikki Whelan and Dolph Lundgren in the same movie. <laughs> Had you worked with any anyone besides Brandon from this film before? No, I had worked with Nikki before on a movie that we did a long time ago. Um, I can't even fucking remember the name of it, actually. <laughs> we did this airplane movie with a, an equally amazing cast and I hadn't seen Nikki in quite a bit and she hit me up and she was like, hey, I heard that they're reaching out to you. You're going to play my sister. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, do this movie with you. Um, it's, it's interesting. Like when you like to work with the same people, like a lot of movies, when I get them presented to me, they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're, we're trying to get the cast together. And once I read it, I'm like, I got you. I was like, I know who to go for. Like, let's, you know, 
when, when, when you work with good people, it just makes that environment so much better. I'm actually, there's another movie that Brendan is attached to that. I don't, I don't think he knows that I, I'm also possibly might be attached to. So it's, it's crazy. Wow. So do you get to call Nikki wheels? You've graduated <laughs> to that level. <laughs> no, I mean, I call her, I call her babe. I call her bitch. Like either or <laughs> not that one. <laughs> that, that works. So Best Man, was that a difficult one for you to make? You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, okay. It, it wasn't, it wasn't. Um, the Best Man, the only problem that, not problem, but the only thing that we had to deal with was nobody was available at the same time. <laughs> so oh. a lot of us were like, there were pockets we would film there. And then there was another pocket that we'd film there, but then we'd have to go back and finish this one because that person now is available. So it was a lot of that sort of thing or get this person done in, in this amount of days and then finish, you know, it was a lot of that. But this set was so special because we were we were actually outside of um, of Albuquerque. So we were in this small mountain town um, and there wasn't really much to do there. And we were filming at this beautiful resort. And so therefore, all of us got really, really close and we I mean, it was, it was like one, it was the most fun I, I've, I've had in a while filming a movie and surrounded by great people. That's really great to hear. Is yeah. there still a text thread or two from the movie? Yeah. I mean, now a couple of the ca castmates are my burner friends. I've now collected them to come to Burning Man with me. Nikki, I've tried, but I think she needs like an RV I, or something. <laughs> I didn't know that you were a Burning Man person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. My my fiance actually last year proposed to me at Burning Man. Ah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So the STC, like mysteries and intrigue level just keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people just being in Rob Zombie stuff, that alone is the intriguing thing they talk about the rest of their life. Yeah. But, okay. So processing <laughs> all that right there. You're like, wait a minute, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. <laughs> We're looking at the IMDb page. It's not just the best man. There's the video game for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is that true? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I know they're going to announce my character and, and all that kind of stuff. That was another project that was intense. Um, but yeah, they're going to announce that pretty soon. And I'm really, really excited about it. I feel like a lot of people, you know, the, the horror fan base is so, so amazing and so important to me. Um, they, I think they kind of figured it out from the trailer. If, if you know, my scream, I feel like people can tell who I am, which is kind of cool because I can. As soon as I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's me. I know it. You know, so it's, I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's the opposite side in the voiceover community of, doing say bank commercials have you yeah. done like tv commercial kind of voiceovers yeah i did i did when i was like a kid or in my 20s i i don't really have the personality that's like i would never book the commercials because I, I i can't be that uppity kind of person i work better if things are flying at me and i'm crying and i'm screaming like that's my wheelhouse i don't know how to be like I just don't, I don't know. I don't think I sell it very well. Like I can't, I can't sell you a car. <laughs> oh, well, the key is you get out all the anxiety through the craft and the work. Yes, exactly. You work a lot. So you get a lot out of you on a regular basis. Hence that is the true. like this, the yeah. circle of promotor life, right? Yeah. It's free therapy, you know? <laughs>
Well, Scout, <laughs> thank you for your time. Looking forward to your next work and getting you on the next one of these. Yay, thank you so much. Outrocast. Thank you for taking the time. How's your day going aside from doing press where they ask you the same questions over and over again? Oh, it's all good, man. I'm, uh, my day's good. Um, just uh, got in the gym, did a little workout, had a little conference call. Now I'm here with you, my man. And I got my, and I, and I got, and I got my, uh, I got the good boy right here too. The good boy. Well, you are a distinct individual in that you have news on top of the news because the press release that's coming out tomorrow. Well, earlier today, I got the thing about you and Ivan Neville's album. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm on, a, I'm on a song on his record. Yep. His first solo album in 19 or 20 years. When did you actually track that? And how long did you have to keep it a secret? Man, that was, that was, uh, I would, I think that was probably 2019. Mm. I, it doesn't feel, I don't, yeah, I don't think it was not during any of the pandemic years or anything like that. It was like 2019, 2018, I would say. But yeah, that was really special. I was, I was really, um, you know, I was honored that he uh, would include me. That's pretty cool. Without naming names, has that happened in other cases where you recorded something as a collaboration with another artist and then three, four years later it comes out and you go, oh yeah, I did that? Um, no, not, not, not exactly like that. Um, but there are instances where my vocal is kind of like sneakily in on some songs that I've written and like um, not, uh, not performed. Like, but I'm still in there a little bit. The Adam Duritz approach to music making. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yep. Cool. So, so over to you and the Revivalists. I mean, big touring coming up. The music videos, every time one comes out, it goes viral and all that. Oh, man. And, Thank you. I mean, leading up to all that, did you take any time off? Um, take any time off, like, in between this album and the next album, or...? I'll, I'll put it oh. this way. Sometimes an artist will finish the album in November. It's going to come out in May. They do all the press in December and January, and then they go, do not release this. Release this the week of the album. And then they take a couple of months off, knowing that the next six to nine months are going to be the album cycle and the tour cycle. Yeah, it's, it's well, we finished the album last year in February. Mm -hmm. Basically, I mean, well, we recorded the album, I would say, and then we kind of spent the past year kind of putting the finishing touches on it here in New Orleans. Um, and we haven't been doing too much touring. So I would say we've been on a bit of a break um, as of late. But yeah, it, it, as, as you know, it's about to, you know, we're about to ramp up big time here in, um, here in May and June and July, September, go time, festival season. Summer, let's go. When you're doing your off time, do you do it in New Orleans? Um, for the most part, yeah. Um, I do vacation a little bit here and there. Like I just took a trip to um, Aspen to go snowboarding for the first time. Um, I picked it up pretty quickly, actually. I must say, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for that one because yeah. I got a lot of people going, "Man, you are gonna." break your ass you know like you're, it's gonna be a week before you're out there even you know trying to get around but it took me about a day to get my uh to get my snow feet 
and I was off. But yeah, no, I spend most of my time here in New Orleans. Most of the downtime. It's a great place to. I mean, it's most. It's a lot of people's vacation. You know, so yeah. it's like to live here. <laughs> it yeah, that's that's a very curious thing to me. I live in a beach town where a lot of people come to come for the day. And most yep. people don't realize with destinations like New Orleans, which is a vacation destination, you can live there. It's it's affordable if you look in the right places. Yeah, man. Yeah. Where where do you stay? If that's okay for me asking. Oh, I live in Long Beach, Long Island, New York. It's its beach town where Joe right. lives and members of Taking Back Sunday live, and you see him on the board and you say hi, and I won't bother you. Oh man, you just brought me back. Taking back Sunday, bro. Whoa. I actually didn't know that about your musical heritage because I always got the classic rock stuff. So I imagine opening for the Stones would have been just this big deal. I knew the funk stuff, hence the Ivan Neville. I wouldn't have pictured you ever being an emo pop punk person. I had a big phase in that. Oh, um, really? I mean, I came up through, you know, like my first band was a, you know, we, we wanted to be like the casualties or the exploited. Um, like that really? was that was where I kind of came from, like the subhumans, like that was that was my stuff when I was growing up. Yeah. Um wow, okay. You were yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully those recordings you could put them out when you're like 50 or um, 60, like baby there's, there's one out there. There <laughs> is one out there that you can find. Oh my god. It's pretty hilarious, too, I gotta say. I can imagine. So hey, back to the, the revivalists and as we talked about very busy future and on top of that the rev cares organization that you and your bandmates have going does a lot of good in the world how much time does the rev cares take up for you versus the music um well rev, rev causes is something that's really near and dear to us um you know we we randomly do things for it um it's basically a philanthropic arm for us to you know, help these various organizations, organizations that we, you know, that are near and dear to us. At this point, you know, we basically take a dollar from each person, you know, that buys a ticket and it goes to rev causes. So it's been, we've raised quite, you know, quite a bit of money doing right. that. That's pretty much the, the way that we do it now. Um, we definitely, I, we've definitely done um, some things with um, Songs for Kids, which is an organization that's really, um, doing some great work we love josh over there and um i don't know if you're familiar with it but you know it's just yeah. it's really special um so yeah we just we want to you know shine a light on some of the things that you know need to be seen and need people need to know about i think the songs for kids is the organization that david lee roth did a song for i might it's be very, wrong about that for, it's for possible. they definitely get huge artists for sure but hey, I keep detouring and not talking about how great the revivalists are and what's coming up for the band. So, I mean, I think it's okay. I think it's all good. I think well, a conversation well, is, that's, that's where we're at. So the album before this one had AAA hits like this one. Were you able to use that success and make this album entirely on your own? Or did you have a little bit of record label going? Do another song like this um you know for our really honestly for our entire career the label hasn't ever really been too heavy-handed on the creative really at all um 
there was a time back in the day where, you know, we turned in an album and they were like, we don't hear a single, you know, until we went back in, you know, but it wasn't ever like make a song like this or make it do this or do that. I think they kind of, they, I think they believe in us and they know, you know, they know that we know who we are and we, we you know, we just make the music that we make. And I, I think they're, it's, it's nice to have a partner like that, you know, cause it's not always like that. So doing five studio albums in five years, is that an organic approach or is that just somebody going, hey, album tour, album tour, album tour? Because let's face it, most artists can't write 10 great songs in two years, let alone one year and 12 to 15, which you usually do. Well, we've only put out five studio albums in 15 years. <laughs> it's only been... <laughs> why did i think that you did a five and five that would be that would be wow you know honestly we it's probably, your first in five years you know what my my dyslexia took it's over okay. Okay. It's okay. So the, the five and five years i'm gonna leave that mistake in there that's when, okay when, i don't to say shit um honestly this is the thing if we can't let's pause that if we count your solo album okay there's two there's two uh was there a live album there was a, so there, <laughs> there were, we did some things at um, Muscle Shoals, but it was reimagined songs. It was just reimagining of songs. Okay, three. So okay, we're counting that. We, uh, we weren't really writing anything for those, per se. Um, it definitely was a great time in the studio. But we're close. We're close. It's a little fib. It <laughs> We, we can create it that you're one of the most prolific bands on the planet and that I know everything about the most prolific band on the planet. We'll I will tell you, I will tell you, I mean, we, you know, for this album and for pretty much every album, we sift through 60 to 100 songs. And that's not to say those songs won't at some point end up on a future album. It's just like kind of picked out, you know, the songs that are kind of the most timely and the ones that feel like this is right. a cohesive bunch. So I read that, and this this one I'm sure about, this is not a mistake, that with your solo album, that sometimes you write a song and you go, this is not a revivalist song, this is a solo album song. The batch of the 60 to 100 on this latest album, do some of those have you thinking there is a David album coming? Um, I haven't decided exactly what I want to do about that next. I would say, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to like put myself into a box, but I would say that I think I might want to do something that's a little more acoustic oriented for, for my next project. I've never really done, I do, I've done shows like that, you know, and that's how I write, you know, so it, it would only make sense, you know, to do that. I've always just kind of wanted to build the songs up because it's really exciting for me but i do think there's something that's really raw and authentic about just going into the studio and making you know something and just letting the the wood speak you know do you have a home studio setup i do and it's all wood <laughs> it's all wood so i'll probably uh i'll probably record some of it there got it i i find that most stars have that home studio setup but don't have the ability to track drums in that. In other words, they do everything but the drums and the final mix there. What's that like for you? Can That's you do pretty, everything in your home studio? Um, you know, I, I've never done drums. 
Um, it's more of like a writing studio, I would say. Um, I usually just kind of like play the drums, basically. You know, oh, okay. and I have some, you know, I have some really great um, sample packs that just sound amazing. And then we go into the studio and we cut them. But even the demos, you're like, oh my god, that could could put that out. But real drums are the way to go, you know. Um, so yeah, I haven't done, I haven't tracked real drums in my studio yet. I think my neighbors might have an issue with that, but it is New Orleans, so I might get away with it. You get away with a lot more here than you would anywhere else. I feel like. Outrocast. <laughs>